Good morning. Here we are on episode four of Latinx in the Inland Empire. Today, we have Sandra Garcia, part-time blogger, part-time chef, full-time mother, and an Inland Empire resident like a lot of us. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Good. Thank you so much for waking up and making it to Claremont. (laughs) I know that's a Claremont is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I wanted to take some time and talk about um, what we were discussing, Latinx food, um, education, food-related stuff. Um, So I wanted to just start with question number one. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you about cooking in the Inland Empire. I wanted to ask you also about some local flavors. Okay. Um, One thing that I learned when I went to Lot 22 in Redlands, California, was that there's a lot of regional and local things happening around food, um, and I wanted to learn more about that. What are you guys doing over there? So I grew up in Redlands, and um, I have just watched the city change over time. Many people don't know, um, first of all, where Redlands is. Mm -hmm. Um, They think of the bigger surrounding cities like San Bernardino. Um, Redlands is a smaller city, but we are a college town just like Claremont Mm -hmm. is. Um, We have a big university there, the University of Redlands. You Mm -hmm. went there. Right. Um, And recently the city has just started booming. We're getting all these um, great restaurants popping up. Um, you know, people that are in, I would say, like my age range, which is like mid 30s to early 40s, mm-hmm. um, have really started uh, growing businesses and opening up businesses in Redlands, which I think is amazing because our generation really is a cultural culture of foodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really happy to see finally some amazing restaurants um, popping up on State Street. I actually work for Lot 22, which is an olive oil company. Mm-hmm. And this was started by a gentleman that came from up north, which is known for you know growing grapes and all different types of um, produce. And he came down here and he started growing olives, which mm-hmm. are... Uh, climate is perfect for growing mm-hmm. olives as well as Redlands is known for oranges and different citrus as well. Mm. And so he grows picks and mills his own local olive oil, which as a chef is extraordinary to mm-hmm. me. Um, we were not known for olive oil, but I think because Zach Thorpe, who is the owner, has created this olive oil, it's going to become now known for olive oil, which I think is amazing. I love Redlands, born and raised there, and I'm so excited that something like that is coming to our city. Um, He does phenomenal olive oil. Mm -hmm. Um, We have different types of extra virgin varietals. They are amazing. So if you are looking for some locally grown... yes extra virgin olive oil to cook with. Mm -hmm. You need to come to Lot 22 in Redlands on State Street. He also has a store in Canyon Crest in Riverside. So if you are from the Riverside area or Orange County, that's probably going to be closer to you. Mm -hmm. I have been a chef for over 15 years. Um, When I first came out of culinary school, which I went to culinary school in Pasadena, Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, there was nothing like that in this area. Mm. We were really lacking good restaurants. We were lacking Mm -hmm. um, good local things like olive oil and wine. And now those things are coming to our area. Mm -hmm. Um, Ukaipa, which is not that far away from us, Mm -hmm. is starting to become a little mini Napa Valley, which Mm. I find so amazing. Mm. Um, They're planting grapes everywhere. Uh, Zach is um, kind of, I guess, refurbishing old olive groves that have been here for hundreds of years. A lot of people don't know that, which I think is awesome. I did not know that. So pretty soon, our little inland empire cities are going to be mm-hmm. known for not just citrus, but also olives and grapes, mm-hmm. which I think as a foodie and a chef, that is just so exciting. It really is. Um, I think that for a long time, people in the Inland Empire would always go to Orange County, L.A. County, looking for good restaurants. And that is now changing. Mm-hmm. And I see it and I get so excited for um the teasers that come out on social media about all these new restaurants that are coming. Um, I have friends that are about to open on Orange Street, which is just one street over from State Street in Redlands. Mm-hmm. Um, Batter Rebellion, which is okay. a restaurant that's going to be centered around um, things that you can batter, like waffles and waffle-made hamburgers. Wow, Anything that you can batter and fry, they're going to be doing that. And they're also going to have specialty cocktails, which is like so exciting, right? Wow. Yeah. So Sandra, it seems like because you have such a lived knowledge of the Inland Empire, you can really step back and say, wow, people are moving into the yes. Inland Empire. Yeah. Um, there's different agricultures developing. Some mm-hmm. people only think of the Inland Empire for oranges. Yes. But like I've learned specifically around um, all the olive all the new olive um, industry that's coming into Redlands. Yeah. I'm really interested in the fusion too. I walked into Lot 21 and love the way you guys are fusing, right, local flavors like oranges and citrus with the limes and with the oils. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, so um, Lot 22 also carries uh, fused and infused olive oils. Mm -hmm. And... um, We do have some citrus ones like Persian lime, Mm -hmm. blood orange, lemon. And those are really great because people come to Redlands and they think of citrus automatically when they come to Redlands. So those are some of the store's top sellers. And I have so much fun teaching people how to use them. I'm a big citrus person Mm -hmm. myself. I love anything lemon or lime. I'm like, I'm all over it. Right. Um, It's very much part of my culture, mm-hmm. I am half Mexican and half Colombian. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that we use a lot of citrus-based um, flavors mm-hmm. into our cuisines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to cook with those. I love making salads. Mm-hmm. Um, my style of cuisine is definitely like California fresh with a fusion mm-hmm. of um, Latin flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, It's very California forward, um, but I definitely feel like when I cook or my style of cooking, it has kind of more spiciness Mm -hmm. into it because of my cultural background. Right. Um, So I love 
talking about using those types of olive oils. Mm -hmm. I love using them myself. Um, so yeah, when people come into Lot 22, we have a lot of different flavors. We have some spicy oils. We have citrus oils. We have herbaceous mm -hmm. ones. Um, when people come into the store, they're like, how are you working here? Why are you not working full-time as a chef when they realize that I am a chef? Um, and all I can say is that I just really enjoy working there because it's it's basically like a dream to work around something that you love, like olive oil. I use it every day. I promote the health benefits of it when I teach cooking classes. Mm -hmm. um, Which we do want to talk about as well. Yeah. And it basically is a place where you can go and work, but also... I think of food from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. What am I going to cook? What am I going to put on my blog, website? What am I going to talk mm -hmm. to people about? How can I tell people to use these oils? Um, and it's just something that is just constantly going through my head. Mm. And I really like it because if I wasn't always thinking of something creatively, then I would just be so bored. I would be like unhappy and depressed because it's my passion and I'm a very passionate person. Mm -hmm. So I, it's just something that I'm always thinking about. Hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit more about the teaching and education that is really important to you? I know that you did a lot of work in the city of Fontana. Can you remind yes. our listeners so what, why, what's going on? I have worked um, part-time for the city of Fontana, Fontana since um, 2006. I became involved with a program called Healthy Fontana. I was hired on as their chef. And what the program is, um, is a health forward program that combines a walking club and healthy food um, classes. Mm -hmm. um, so what I do is I come in, actually it turned into a show really um, recently within the past three years. But prior to that, it was just straight cooking classes where I'd come into the kitchen. I would come with three different recipes mm -hmm. and I would teach a class full of adults mm -hmm. um, how to take traditional recipes and remake them into healthy versions. Mm. Um, there is a large population mm -hmm. um, of the Hispanic community in mm -hmm. Fontana and also the surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. And so the mayor of the city um, back in 2003, right. or it might have been 2002, wanted to start this program because what she realized was that per capita, the city had the most fast food restaurants right. and the city's residents were really unhealthy, even though we have one of the most massive hospitals, which is Kaiser Fontana. Right. At the time, um, Kaiser was not focusing on health consciousness so much. Now they really are. Now, mm -hmm. about 10 years ago, it has become really mm -hmm. big. Mm -hmm. um, you can see there are commercials everywhere. And in general, in America, being health conscious within the past decade has become huge. Mm -hmm. um, 
So these types of classes are really important for people who are maybe in the lower income bracket Mm -hmm. um, that either because of their cultural background do not know how to cook healthy Mm -hmm. or they simply don't believe that health conscious food can be good. Exactly. Um, And so I was brought in to change that. Um, So like I said, we had started as um, just an open audience class where you could come, sign up, pay a small fee, Mm -hmm. and you basically got a free lunch or a free dinner. You know, I made very large three-course meals, which Mm -hmm. basically was either an appetizer, Mm -hmm. a special healthy drink, um, a main entree or a side, and a healthy dessert. Hmm. And the classes became really popular that we could no longer fit them in the building. So about three years ago, the city decided just to bring me into a studio. They made Mm -hmm. a studio kitchen, Mm -hmm. um, and I now do the show in the studio so that all the residents of Fontana can watch me. Uh, the show is called Eat Healthy Fontana. Eat Healthy Fontana. So basically, the residents of Fontana can watch it for free because it's a local network. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you are not local, you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I come in about six months out of the year and we film um, two shows a month. Um, so for a total of 12 shows a year so that there's one that launches every month. Wow. Um, and I do stuff like, you know, quinoa and lentil burgers, mm-hmm. but they're not just plain burgers. We're adding sauteed mushrooms in them. We're adding jalapenos, lots of garlic, um, lots of fresh herbs and spices. And so it's taking something that's vegan. Right. And adding a whole lot of flavor to the point where like just your normal meat eating man tastes it and he's like, that's amazing. It's good. (laughs) It's edible. (laughs) You know, vegetarian, vegan food, or even just traditional recipes like even enchiladas made lighter and healthier, Mm -hmm. they're good. Mm -hmm. And people don't believe that they can be good. Mm -hmm. And I'm making them good because it's important to me to whenever I cook anything, just to make it the best that I can. Mm -hmm. I will test and retest and test recipes to make sure that I like it for my palate. Um, My biggest guinea pig is my husband, who Mm. um, he is Mexican, grew up in the area as well. Um, His mother cooked very traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like to use his palate because, number one, he's very picky. I've turned him into basically a food snob there you go um and he will tell me you know what no it needs more spice it needs more garlic it needs you know more salt um and i i know that if i can get his palate to like a vegan burger that anybody will like it that's a great story you know just from uh, him being a a massive meat eater Mm -hmm. and a self-proclaimed person who's like, I will never become vegan. I don't even care if it's for my health. Right. But I'm like, dude, it can be so great. You just don't know. Yeah. For a lot of us, Sandra, it's really hard to get out of our food comfort zones. Yes. Um, Especially when we are Latino or Chicano, we have our cultural background. Yes. And I really like what you're talking about because it really is about educating 
and yes. um, learning to use different ingredients. Can you, one thing that I love about your uh, Instagram handle <clears throat> is it that it's so visual. Can you remind our listeners what it is? Is it Sandra underscore Garcia? Your um, Instagram where you share all your stories. I believe that's. So um, my handle is the refined cravings. Thank you. How I came up with that name is that when you think about food from a health standpoint, when you refine something, you're pulling out all the impurities. Mm. You're you're not having anything negative into it. But refined also makes you think of things that are special and fancy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so that is why I love the word refined so much. Mm. Um, and cravings because, I mean, when we think of food, when we want something, it's a craving, mm. right? So that's how I came up with that name. And what I like to focus on is I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. Um, I call myself a flexitarian because um, for health reasons and because I like it, I like eating um, about 80% plant-based or, you know, organic chicken. I don't mm -hmm. eat beef or um, a lot of seafood or pork. For health purposes. Mm -hmm. um, and so 80% of the time, I like to focus on whole foods, whole nutrition, mostly plant-based. Um, but I'm human. I mm -hmm. love sweet things. Mm -hmm. I love cake. I love creme brulee, you know, muffins, candy. Um, and so recently, I've been experimenting with using um, natural sugars, Mm -hmm. um, in my baking, like maple syrup and honey and stevia and staying away from gluten and using um, almond flour or coconut mm. flour instead. And I'm really having a fun time experimenting with those things. I've had some really great things come out and I've had some major flops because mm. baking is very um, scientific. And so um, when you're changing the chemistry of baking using almond flour, which is mm -hmm. just ground up almonds, right. um, it reacts very differently than flour and gluten do. Mm. Um, but I want to learn to love it so that I can present these things on my blog so that I can teach people who, like you said, are very much in their food comfort right. zones and don't want to try anything. I want to make them so good that people eat them and they're like, I love this, actually. I don't miss the gluten and I don't miss the sugar. Um, first of all, our bodies are a lot healthier for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like that. I'm very passionate about teaching people um, nutrition through food. Right. Um, you know, I have always been taught that either you're feeding a disease or you're curing a disease through what you put mm -hmm. into your body. Mm -hmm. And I believe that with all my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I have found that the Latin community have a hard time embracing that. Mm -hmm. We are also one of the most um, unhealthy cultures, especially um, the Latinos that are here in America. Mm -hmm. And that is because there's just so much access to fast food. Right. Um, there's so much access to, you know, refined sugars mm -hmm. and flours and 
you know, even our produce is just not the same that it was even a decade ago. Um, so my goal through my website, through what I tell people, even just when they come into Lot 22 Olive Oil Company, is to give people quick recipes that they can make that have a big health consciousness to them. Mm-hmm. Um but also just are good. Exactly. That Everybody tastes good. Everybody wants to eat good food. Mm-hmm. They don't want to feel like they're eating health food. Exactly. Um, one thing that I do in my cooking classes is that whatever we're making, say we're making like a caprese salad, which mm-hmm. is the tomato, basil, um, olive oil, balsamic mm-hmm. vinegar. I like to always tell people things like, guess what? When you're eating tomatoes... They are filled with an antioxidant called lycopene that is very powerful. Hmm. Um, And they're also fat soluble, which means that if you add olive oil to it, your body will absorb the nutrients and the antioxidants much better. Mm -hmm. And I feel like educating people um, with what they're putting into their bodies, it makes them think like, hey, like, okay, instead of eating this burger, I'm going to eat this salad because not only does it taste good, but I'm getting all these antioxidants. How cool. Exactly. Um, So I like to do that with every single dish that I do. And I I even tell my kids that and they get really excited. They're like, Mom, I'm eating these carrots because um, I know that they have beta carotene in them and they're really good for like my skin and my eyes and my hair. I'm like, yes, exactly. Exactly. (sighs) Reproducing positive movements in Um, the latino community that that is incredible you know nutrition absolutely starts at home so if you start with your kids they're going to grow up to be adults that have that mindset and it won't be something like oh my mom tortured me and said i couldn't eat a cupcakes and i had to eat carrots instead which i totally i have two kids Mm -hmm. i don't do that with my kids I let them indulge, but I also say, hey, guys, during the week, we're going to try to eat as healthy as possible. It's going to help your mind Mm -hmm. um, be clearer in school. Mm -hmm. You'll sleep better. Mm -hmm. You'll learn better. And yes, if you get invited to a birthday party, you can absolutely have a cupcake. Remove the frosting (laughs) if it's colored. But no. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Sometimes I do that. Um, But I do let them indulge because I think it's important that everybody does have an indulgent day. Exactly. Speaking of indulgences, I know that we're in December already. The holidays are here. Yeah. Um, Is there something that you're working on? Some holiday cookie, some cake that you're going to maybe infuse locally? (laughs) Um, Um, You know, during Christmas, I always love to make um, like an orange cranberry cake. Talk to me. I'm working on trying to come up with um, a recipe that doesn't use gluten. So I'm trying to experiment with almond flour. Mm-hmm. I'm almost there um, trying to just kind of get the crumb of the cake mm-hmm. better. But as soon as I do, I will definitely be on my Instagram. Um, you know, Christmas really makes me think of cranberry orange all the mm-hmm. time. I just think it's so um flavorful the cranberry and the orange really complement each mm-hmm. other uh of course i'm going to be using some blood orange olive oil from lot 22 because it's infused with blood oranges which mm-hmm. is 
so flavorful and really helps um, the moisture of the mm -hmm. cake. Um, when you cook with oil, it actually makes your cake even more moist than even butter does. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. So, yeah, definitely cranberry orange. Um, I love a good holiday drink. So um, I just made the other day. Um, I took chai tea and I cooked it down till the tea became so thick and black. Um, and then I'm going to add some maple syrup to it and some bourbon and maybe some star anise. Mm. So an adult, and, adult so drink. So an adult drink. There we yeah, We need those. Um, but also tea has a lot of antioxidants mm -hmm. in it, right? <laughs> wow. So, so, so you're able in Redlands to really fuse together not only the local businesses, the local community, the local produce, yeah. the local talent. Um, is there something that Lot 22 is working on this holiday season? Um, are you guys doing any classes? I was on your website. You know, I learned that I, they also do yeah. um, education. I didn't know how that yeah, worked. Yeah, so Zach Thorpe, the owner of Lot 22, he does um, olive oil and balsamic vinegar education classes in the store, and you can find it on Lot 22's website. Okay. And then I did something really fun the other night. I taught a charcuterie class and a grazing and how to build a grazing table, which Can you is help really just... awesome for the holidays. Wow. Can you just describe what those are for those of us who, yeah, so who should be cooking more? Charcuterie is um, basically uh, cured meats and cheeses that are added to a platter with um, things that you can mm. basically mustards and mm olive oils and, you know, okay. like pickles and okay. different so like garnishes, fruits and yeah, sauces. garnishes, yes, mm. that you can eat together with um, little pieces of bread or crackers. Um, I like doing during the holiday a whole grazing table, which is basically our charcuterie platter times three. Okay. Um, the reason I do that, um, I learned a long time ago that it's just better to do that than to stress about a big holiday dinner or lunch um, because I am the chef in my family and I have a really big family. I mean, half Colombian, half Mexican. We mm -hmm. have big families. We have a lot of cousins. There will be food involved. Yo, oh, we are. These cultures are so centered mm -hmm. around food. Mm -hmm. It's how we show our love for each other. It's how we you know, communicate with each other is through food. Um, and the cultures are very different. Right. They are distinct. They are very distinct. You know, the Mexicans, the Mexican side of my family is very, um, we pride ourselves in using chilies and heat mm -hmm. and some spice, you know, everything spice mm -hmm. and, you know, um, and the Colombian side is very, we're very different. We don't have spicy food. We like ajiaco. Yeah. We and like, like a chicken broth soup. And, you know, our sauce on the Colombian side is ahi, which is mm -hmm. basically um, not the tuna, but it's um, a fresh green sauce with a lot of parsley and mm -hmm. cilantro and chives and herbs and lemon juice and olive oil. Um, whereas my Mexican side is salsa, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very different. 
And I'm always the one that's trying to combine the two cultures and kind of make my fusion of it. So I'll take Colombian food uh-huh. and I make it a little bit spicy. And my Colombian family is like, what are you doing? We don't eat spicy. But then they like it. Uh-huh. I'm like, just be quiet and try it. I'm fusing my two cultures together. And exactly what you're talking about, Sandra, is so important because that is what we're discovering here and exploring on our podcast is the diversity of the Latinx community and population because Mm -hmm. it really is so many different people who participate in it and want to learn about it. And I want to thank you for that. So nice of you. (laughs) Is there something that we should know that you're working on for like the New Year's? Is there some kind of thing that we could start doing at home that would be simple, like taking oil and making kind of a simple hors d'oeuvre? Is there something um, yeah. for us, us novices that <laughs> want to learn to use these different oils that could be kind of a simple, simple recipe? Like oranges you know, and oil? We're um, talking olive, you know. Oranges and oil is good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, one mm-hmm. of my favorite salad is, salads is um, three different types of oranges, which is very seasonal. So blood orange, caracar orange, and a Valencia orange mm. that you segment out. Okay. Um, it's called supreming an orange and basically you peel it and then go in between the membranes and pull just the little segments okay. of the oranges out. Um, mixing it with like some beautiful lettuces and mm-hmm. avocado. Mm-hmm. And then a quick vinaigrette of just like a good olive oil, mm-hmm. um, maybe like some fresh um, citrus juice uh, from the oranges that you just supremed, mm-hmm. um, some salt and pepper, and just kind of mixing it up and drizzling it over the salad. Um, it's very festive, fresh. It's beautiful. Um, and then another thing that I'm doing is just getting back to like the whole grazing table mm-hmm. is um, instead of being stressed out by a big dinner, make a grazing table. It's very simple to do. Get some beautiful European and domestic cheeses. Get some cured meats, um, some you know in-season produce like oranges, pomegranates, grapes. Um, we live in California, and we're lucky for that. So we basically get all the produce almost all year long because of our, our weather is so mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, you can do um, roasted eggplants. You can mm. do roasted red bell peppers. Um, you know, you can, I like making this thing called whipped feta, which is basically feta, cream cheese, herbs, garlic, olive oil. You whip it all into this amazing dip and you can put it on absolutely every single thing. Um, and then add some sweet things Mm -hmm. like cookies and brownies and, um, whipped cream and fresh berries and, um, many different types of crackers and breads. And I like making this big grazing table so that, People can just come and graze all day long. The most important thing is that I get to spend time with my big family. Mm. Um, I don't have to serve people. It's just this beautiful Mm -hmm. festive table just waiting for them. It's a showstopper. It's a centerpiece. And I get to actually sit and have a special cocktail with my family and talk to them and catch Mm -hmm. up with them. And I have like 200 cousins and so I get to actually spend time with them, which, I mean, mm-hmm. in the holidays, really, it's the most important thing right next to food. It really is. That is such a fantastic idea, the grazing table. Yes, the grazing and table. And what I like about that is it's kind of an 
an evolution of how we would think of celebrating your traditional Mexican-American yeah. or Colombian-American, right. you know, Navidad or Christmas. Mm-hmm. I really like how you're infusing it, refining it, yes. to use your words, and making it your own and local. Yeah, you can do local and fresh and seasonal, or you can do it ethnically mm-hmm. based. Mm-hmm. Like, I would definitely, you can put, you know, your tia's empanadas on it. You can put your tia's, um, you know, arepas on it mm-hmm. or tamales. You know, you can, we can have, you know, atole on it. We can have any type of special drink um, that's, you know, from your culture, you can make it your own. It definitely doesn't have to be um, traditional to one culture. And that's what's so great about a grazing table is that you can make it any time of the year, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always just great. And people always love it. And there's always something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what I also like what you said is that it, it takes that stress out of the holidays and you get to focus on what Navidad and Christmas and and this time of year is really all about, which is about the human beings, your family, your children. Sandra, I wanted to thank you so much for being our fourth guest. From Studio B3 at Claremont Graduate University, this is Latinx in the Inland Empire.